man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a haunting question. sure it stays on the Bible app, though. John 12, verse 20. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Here are two Greeks that wanted to find out who Jesus was and to see him and to talk to him. And they came to Philip. Philip was like, yes, let me get you to Jesus. And then he goes and grabs Andrew. Together they go find Jesus with these two men. And this experience allowed Philip and Andrew to enable these Greeks to see Jesus. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is the word worship enablers. Now I know enabling, enabling, if you look up in a dictionary, the word enable has a, a normal definition of to make someone or something able to do or to be something. If you look up enabler, it has such a negative connotation now, it actually, actually refers to a medical book talking about enabling someone with an addiction um, drugs, alcohol, whatever. But I want to obliterate that definition and understand that we have an amazing responsibility and blessing to be able to help people see Jesus. And, and that blows my mind that God's, God could do that himself. Uh, there, he really doesn't need us, but to allow us to be able to interact with those around us and have an opportunity for someone to come up to us to say, sir, we would see Jesus. And for us to be able to show them Jesus in our life and show them the grace and the mercy that God has bestowed on our life is, is an amazing gift. And that's what I want to share about today. I want to start with sharing about a guy named Steve. Steve was my 12th grade Sunday school teacher, an amazing guy, and I had many uh, Sunday school teachers and people involved, especially being a, a pastor's kid. But Steve had, there was something more about him. He taught the same Bible as I'd heard before, but there was, between the, the lessons during Sunday school, between the hangout times, uh, he would have all of us over to, to watch movies at his house, or we would go out to eat after church, just really invested in our life as a class. And I remember truly understanding more about Jesus that year and truly seeing more of who he was. And there was so much that Steve was able to just open up and be honest about everything in his life. There was a trust there uh, that we were able to share our lives and for him to share what God was doing in his life. And I'll tell you about the 1982 Pontiac Trans Am he let me use for prom at 17 years old, too, some other time. Um, that could be my driving addiction problem or something, but, but there, here is a person that was a worship enabler for me. 
that allowed me to truly see who Jesus was. And not only through scripture, but through the life of Steve and what God was doing in, in Steve's life. And that's what we all have an awesome responsibility to be a part of, is to be worship enablers. And I went through that over and over. I'm like, it means it's so bad to enable someone. It's even on the, in the negative terms, it, it's kind of lying for people and, and moving things around so it's easier for a person to stay with an addiction. But how great would it be to help and not to lie and cheat, but to enable people to truly see Jesus, to enable for them to have their life completely turned around to where they truly become engaged and radically changed by Jesus Christ. And I went through different phrases. I was going to use the word worship encourager because that sounded more positive. Uh, but to me, that's, you know, a sideline cheerleader. Yes, go, go, go. You're doing great in your faith. And, you know, and cheering us on, I thought of a worship equipper. But for me, I saw the, the person with all the tools and everything you need for your faith and just say, you know, here you go. Uh, enjoy and have fun and this is all you need and then off they go. An enabler to me is someone that, that loves that person. Uh, you know, even back to the negative, someone that is an enabler, someone that is a family member, a friend, that, that wants to help that person out. And that's who we need to be, the love of Jesus in our hearts so much that we want to enable others to see Jesus like Philip and Andrew were able to do with these two Greeks. And just to simply say, yes, let me show you Jesus and to have that opportunity. And we have a bunch of worship enablers that have already been enabling this morning. And everything from setting up the sound equipment and turning the lights on uh, our band getting all the equipment together and rehearsing, choir rehearsing, uh, the put putting together the bulletin. I mean, a thousand things have gone on for us to enjoy worship together right now, for us to experience and see Jesus right now. Uh, and we can all be a part of that. There are some in the nursery right now, uh, changing dirty diapers, uh, taking care of infants, and you might say, well, that's great because you're enabling the parents to go and worship uh, in service. No. Do you understand that a two-month-old is being shown the love of God by the arms that that adult is holding them in? Okay, they are, they, the worship enablers in the, in the preschool are truly showing the love of God. And letting these little ones know that more than mom and dad— there are other adults that love God a lot, and they want to show that love to these children. Uh, to our children in the Sunday school classes, yes, they can be, drive you out of your mind. Um, try an entire week with All About Kids. Where'd Debbie go? She's ready for a nap today. But understanding that it, we get the, the awesome privilege to say to these children, let me show you Jesus. Um, and, and have the chance to share the word of God with these, with these children. The same thing with our youth, the same thing with our adults. Our Sunday school teachers prepare their Bible study lessons, ready to not only show and share what they've studied, but to truly show you Jesus. And we could go on and on. And even those that, that might just be sitting in a class, the time to encourage one another, to share life with one another, 
one another, uh, to simply shake hands. We had a greeting time and service. There is spiritual significance to that. The power that a simple smile can do to change someone's attitude and change someone's day for the better. We have an awesome privilege to serve God by being a worship enabler and allowing others to see Jesus clearly and understand how deeply he loves us. And it's serving others. It's doing things outside of the walls of this church. Uh, we had about 39 people head down to uh, Maryland Point Baptist Church yesterday, and we did mulch, we did painting, we did drywall so they could continue on to, take, uh, to build up their, their, um, their basement of their church. We had at two different times over 14 people passing out flyers to the community. We were enabling the worship of the city of Nanjamoy. We were enabling the church of Maryland Point Baptist Church to have a better worship experience because we, were we said yes. We were able to be a part of that. And here are Philip and Andrew, these worship enablers that, that took these Greeks who desperately wanted to see Jesus and say, sir, we wish to see Jesus. So I thought, what made Philip stand out to these guys? Was there something about him, something that was obvious that he knew who Jesus was, that these two could go to Philip and say, look, we would like to see Jesus. Can you, can you make that happen? And it made me think of my relationship with God. Is my life that obvious that if someone is seeking out Jesus Christ, that they would come to me? That they would know that there, he's got some connection to God. That he's got some way for me to know more about Jesus and to see him. Is my life truly reflective uh, of that? And also, it mentions in Scripture that Philip was from Bethsaida, uh, which was, through some commentaries, looks like it could have been a mostly Gentile uh, city to where these two knew, well, I, I kind of recognize this guy. He might be from the same region I am. And so there's a connection with even where uh, Philip came from. And God, I thought about all the places that I've lived. God has placed me in different places to live in my life. 20 years ago, I never would have thought I would have been in Maryland, uh, the state of Maryland living. Uh, I thought we would never get our kids out to see Washington, D.C. and all the monuments. And here we are, you know, not barely 20 miles from that. But God has placed you in different locations, different jobs, different neighborhoods, uh, shopping at different stores, for people to, to, for you to connect to that are truly desperately seeking Jesus. And we have a great privilege to be a part of that and to be enablers, uh, worship enablers for others to see Jesus in our life. But are we worship enablers or we tend to be worship discouragers? Could you imagine if Philip was having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day that day? And here are the two Greeks coming up to him saying, Sir, we would, would, we would love to see Jesus. Philip's like, you know what? I have no idea where he is. I'm a little busy here. You know, go ask someone else. And then off Philip goes. There's a chance those two Greeks never would have had the opportunity to see Jesus. And how many times do we show up to church or we have an opportunity that's obvious that we can do ministry to someone 
and for someone and we're like, you know what, I just don't have time. I've got this going on. Or we totally miss that chance completely because we're so focused and so caught up in our own life that we miss so many opportunities that we have to minister to others. And so think of the things that we can be more of a worship enabler than a worship discourager. And someone, obviously, we would never want to turn anyone, anyone away from the love of Jesus. But how many times have we missed opportunities because we were so caught up? So they come to Philip. Luckily, Philip was ready to go and excited about taking them to Jesus. And he grabs Andrew to say, hey, let's take these two. They want to see Jesus. Help me get these two men to Jesus. And Andrew, it seems, was in the habit of introducing others to Jesus. Back in John 1, 42, Andrew is who, is who brought Simon Peter uh, to see Jesus. And in John 6, 8, Andrew is who found the boy with the loaves and the fish uh, to see Jesus as they were in the need for food. So Philip might have been, you know, let me grab Andrew. Andrew's going to know where Jesus is. And it made me think of different people in our, in our lives that are just so in love with Jesus, that their passion just exudes from every pore of their life, that they, it is obvious that I could take anyone to this person and they would easily share the love of Jesus. And witnessing is so intimidating. I get that. Um, I still get a little hesitant right before I knock on the door, ring the doorbell, or have a chance to talk to someone. But so many times, that intimidation, we kind of say, no, no, I'm not going to do that. But there are ways that you can bring someone to see Jesus. And we do that at church and uh, just simply inviting them to worship, simply inviting them to Sunday school. At work, simply saying, you know what, I had a great time in, in Sunday school or Bible study this week. And here's why. And our youth, we have... We do Wednesday Night Live three or four times a year. And we do the pizza and inflatables and everything. And it's not to reward our youth who deserve it. I love you guys. But it is as much or more to say, invite your friends. Bring them to a fun event because they will hear about Jesus. They will see Jesus because it is my responsibility to let or to show them who Jesus is. And we, we do the... Uh, the gospel message and gospel presentation that, that evening. But there are ways that you can invite that you might not feel comfortable, and it takes teamwork. Here's Philip who told Andrew, and the both of them went to find Jesus. And of course, I had to throw this in as it works wonderfully. A worship enabler, the initials are W-E, which spells what? We. Yes. It is very much teamwork. Is very much a together effort that we have to be worship enablers as we minister to this community, as we minister to this county and the state and this world. Uh, we have a great uh, effort here as a team. And one of the great stories in scripture are the four friends who tore the hole in the ceiling of the, or the roof for their friend to see Jesus. It took all four of them to dig through that and to understand that we're gonna, it's going to take whatever we can 
for our friend to see and to meet Jesus. And it's a kind of teamwork that Christ wants us to build into his church. It's a church where all of our members work together to build each other up. And in fact, church should be a place of one anothering. Put that in my Randy dictionary. One anothering. Throughout scripture, Jesus said, this is my command that you love one another. Bible goes on to say that we should be devoted to one another, accept one another, serve one another, bear with one another, encourage one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, and we should forgive one another as Christ forgave you. And church isn't about me. It's not even about you. It's about we. We over I is so much greater. There's so much more that we can be attuned to as we reach out and enable one another to worship and encourage one another and build each other up. And we have a lot of things going on here at FBC Waldorf. Uh, our schedule can be so crazy and completely full. And we're not doing that to work you to death. We're not doing that to try to make you tired. But it is truly about enabling others to see as much of Jesus as possible with all that we do. And thank you, thank you, thank you for all of our workers and our volunteers and, and everyone that has a part of what we're doing here at First Baptist Church for the glory of God. But why is seeing Jesus so important? Why is it that these two want to see Jesus and, and experience him? And it truly is seeking Jesus, and, and granted, Philip and Andrew got to go take them to their real live Jesus, you know, obviously. And we don't have the actual physical Jesus to be here for us to run our friends to and family, but we have the authentic gospel. We have the true message, the clear message of who Jesus is, the, the clear truth, and everything is at our hands, the message that of who Jesus is, and for people to see Jesus and understand, and to have an authentic gospel that is as pure as, as him being here in person, knowing that God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, and that we have eternal life because of that sacrifice. And it is truly wanting to have a specific personal relationship. Could you imagine this conversation? And I imagine that Philip, when the, the two guys come up, could you imagine him saying, no, wait a second, you want to see Jesus? You were just hanging out in the crowd. Did you not see him come in? All the palm branches. I mean, everyone was a part of that whole event. And the two Greeks were like, well, hold on, you don't understand, Philip. We saw all of that, but we needed more. We didn't want to just sit back and be part of a big crowd. We didn't want to just sit back and, and enjoy a worship service from afar. We truly needed to see Jesus. We want to know Jesus. We weren't satisfied in just knowing about him. And that's the pursuit that we should all have is to continue to seek after who Jesus is and knowing him, but also bring those that we have a responsibility for to knowing Jesus and not just knowing about him. And it is so easy to show up to church and not see Jesus. There might be some in this room right now who have just completely 
been disengaged this whole morning and wanted nothing to do with being here or wanting, already looking forward to what's coming up and totally missed the opportunity to see Jesus in our worship time, to see Jesus in our Bible study time, to see Jesus as we interact and fellowship with each other um, and be encouraged by one another. And I don't want us to be just spectators at church. I want us to be able to pull into this parking lot expecting to see Jesus and knowing that he will be seen. And these two Greeks, they came to worship. They weren't satisfied with just seeing Jesus from afar. And if they knew, and they knew that they, if they were truly going to worship, that they needed to see Jesus face to face and close up. And if we are really going to worship today, we need to see Jesus. I have a couple of volunteers that I want to show you guys something. I know we've talked about it before. But behind, right here, and I'm going to show you, it says, Sir, we would see Jesus. And that responsibility is amazing. And it is easy to be so distracted. Um, there are so many Sunday mornings that it is easier to get caught up in the busy work, the work mode, um, we call it at home, where we are just so focused that we miss out on so many other things. And it's easy to get busy at church and to end up in the nursery here and then have to go teach the children the next hour or be caught up in things going on on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. And so the question comes, but Pastor Randy, how do I have time to see Jesus with all the needs that, that we have at the church that need to get done? And the answer to that is, another amazing part of being a worship enabler is that as we are helping others, we are actually serving Jesus. That we actually get to be his hands and feet. That during our busy work, during our babysitting, during our running kids down the hall or trying to keep them quiet, uh, we are serving Jesus Christ. And that we have an, an amazing, there's almost an enhancement to our worship as we are willing and, and as our heart is willing to help others to worship. And as we bring someone who is lost to Jesus, as we take those who are going through a hard time, going through a rough time to see Jesus, as we take those who are confused or don't have enough knowledge of him, and anyone uh, that is a part of our life to see Jesus, it is because we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. It is because we have been so radically changed by him that we don't want anyone to miss out. We have experienced that, and yes, we could be selfish and say, thank you, God, for, for your grace, for your mercy, and, and I can't wait to see you in heaven, and I'm just going to hang out and ride out life until I get to spend eternity with you. No, we have 
tasted and we have experienced Christ Jesus in our life, so much so that we can't help ourselves but want to share and be willing to share uh, with those around us and share that life and to be uh, a, a big, glowing, neon, bright sign pointing to where Jesus is and allowing others to see Jesus. And to say that Christ Jesus has changed my life, let me show you who he is. And so as the Greeks meet Philip and then Andrew and then they take them to Jesus, the very next verse, Jesus responds, saying that the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls onto the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my, serv my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Jesus responds with this introduction, or the introduction of these two Greeks, and it probably was, was meant to be out to all the crowd that was around him, explaining what it truly means to be a follower of Christ, explaining what it truly means to accept and grab a hold of this authentic gospel, and that is that we are willing to take everything in our life and say that it is basically worthless compared to the love of, that we have for Jesus, for the commitment that we have to him. When we make him Lord of our life, it is saying, Jesus, you are my everything, and anything else and anyone else is worth nothing compared to that love. And the picture of the grain of wheat is just as Christ himself that if he did not die on the cross and give up his life, then all of this is worthless. So if the wheat doesn't die, it's alone and not worth anything. But if the wheat dies, then it is fruitful. And with Christ dying on the cross, we have eternal life and a relationship with our Heavenly Father and a life filled with the Holy Spirit that is a very fruitful life. That is why we are doing what we're doing. That is the Jesus that we are bringing people to and showing people um, this amazing love that God has for us and that has given us, that Christ Jesus truly is our Lord and Savior. And there is no other life. There is no other way. Uh, there is nothing but him in our life and only him for our salvation. So when our lives have been so radically changed and there's nothing more important than any of that, and do you understand that concept of being brought from death to life and realizing that we have, we will not experience death. We will experience physical death, but not spiritual death. And all of this, uh, Lazarus was part of all this crowd. Lazarus was just raised from the dead. That was a lot of the buzz that was going around. And here's Lazarus, physically brought from death to life. Just, I mean, nothing else from his mouth but the, the glory to God and the praise of Jesus Christ and, plead, and begging and pleading with people to understand this authentic gospel that he got to experience on a physical level, realizing that there is nothing greater. There is no other person. There is no other way but Jesus Christ. And so passionate 
Do you, and I didn't realize this, and I shouldn't admit this maybe, but Lazarus basically had a hit out on him because he, there was so much buzz and he was converting so many people to become followers of Jesus that the chief priests in verse 10 say, we need to make plans to put Lazarus to death. So here's Lazarus just being raised from the grave, but he is so on fire for Jesus that the chief priests are like, look, Jesus is enough problem, but this Lazarus guy too, we've got to take him out because he's causing too many, too many problems. How passionate is our relationship with Jesus? How passionate are we about Christ in our life? That it can be obvious that we know, it can be obvious that if someone comes up to us and says, sir, may we see Jesus, that I can say, yes, let me show you, let me take you to him. And that's for all of us. Christ has done a work in our life. We have received grace and mercy that are beyond words. And how much more can we do to be worship enablers to those around us? And there might be someone here this morning who has not truly seen Jesus, who does not understand Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and does not, has not truly experienced uh, that grace and mercy. And I pray and beg of you to please seek after him. Uh, please, during our invitation, come and talk to me or anyone else um, because we do not want you to miss out on this amazing love that Jesus has for us and this experience that we have and spending eternal life with him. And I pray that we as Christians are so overwhelmed with Christ in our own life that we can't help but want to show Jesus to the world and want to be all about him. And nothing else is as important as our pursuit for him. And, and we have a long way to go. I have a long way get, to go to be that man that God wants me to be. But we can strive and push and power through anything and everything in this life to be an amazing witness and be an enable and worship enabler to those around us to understand that we have a great privilege to share the love of Jesus with everyone. And the, the amazing time it is to see someone accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, uh, to understand that a life has been changed is amazing. And I pray that as we leave this place, as we go into invitation now, that we look for ways that we don't get so distracted in life, but we look for ways to enable others to see Jesus. And pray for opportunities for us to be able to do that. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this reminder of how much you love us. And Father, it is so much more than just you coming down and, and us accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And Father, allowing us to enter into a relationship with you. And Father, that your spirit moves and and breathes and move and does a work in our life we also get to be a part of your work that we get to be your hands and feet that we get to serve the little ones at church that we get to be a witness to those at work and at home and around us father i pray that we help to continue to point others to jesus and that we truly are worship enablers that are so in love with you that we cannot help but get a hold of anyone and everyone to show them your love, 
Father, I pray for opportunities this week for all of us to continue to serve you and to love you. Thank you, Father, for this time together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, enablers, please stand.